will regulated militia be necessary to the security of a free state? The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards, and I am so glad you've joined the program today. Coming up, we're going to be talking about the uh, Virginia governor's race. This is a close one. Uh, Every poll, whether from the left or from the right, shows that this is a race in the margin of error. Democrats are getting awfully nervous about this, and uh, they are reaching into their bag of dirty tricks, trying to depress the turnout of gun owners in the Old Dominion. Yeah, we're going to get to that story uh, in just one moment. I do have to let you know, however... Uh, for those of you who, you know, watch this program on a regular basis, you have uh, maybe, you know, we used to watch uh, NRA News, Cam and Company, uh, you read the website, maybe, heck, maybe even subscribe to the Patreon podcast, the irregularly updated Patreon podcast. Um, we've got some updates for you from uh, my wife, Miss E. We just uh, actually, just before I sat down and uh, began today's show, we went to her oncologist for uh, her update, and I am so pleased to tell you that uh, we got more good news today. Uh, it has been almost a year since Miss E has uh, last had any uh, medication. She had a, a dose of an, uh, an immunotherapy drug uh, back in February, and it continues to do its thing. Uh, the tumors are shrinking. Some of them have uh, shrunk dramatically. I saw the scans myself. Um, so, uh, listen, I, I I believe the medicine has a lot to do with it, but I believe that uh, your prayers have an impact as well. So thank you so much for keeping her in your thoughts and your prayers, and we will give you another update in about three months or so. Uh, but in the meantime, she's feeling great. She looks great, and uh, the lungs are looking pretty good too. So thank you very much. And uh, all right, now that personal update out of the way, let's talk about uh, Virginia elections, shall we? Uh, the Daily Caller Foundation reporting that a uh, – uh, a, a, a an independent uh, group is running online ads targeting Virginia gun owners. And this is designed to appear as if these ads are coming from pro-Second Amendment folks, even though quite the opposite. Yeah, as the uh, Daily Caller Foundation reports, a Democrat-linked consulting firm running Facebook ads campaign taking aim at Glenn Youngkin because he's not endorsed by the National Rifle Association. Facebook page Accountability Virginia began running ads on September 21st, criticizing Youngkin, the Republican candidate for governor of Virginia, uh, over his stance on the Second Amendment. The ad campaign funded by Accountability Virginia PAC, which is a political action committee registered to a Washington, D.C.-based consultant firm that works to elect Democratic candidates. The ads claim Youngkin is untrustworthy as a candidate because he's not endorsed by the NRA, also saying that Youngkin is not vocal enough about his position on gun rights legislation. Accountability Virginia PAC spent about $6,700 on the ads and got about 250,000 impressions, uh, according to the campaign's Facebook ad library data. Uh, One ad reads, while the NRA backs Donald Trump, they refuse to endorse Glenn Youngkin claiming we can't trust Glenn Youngkin on guns, while another urges voters to, quote, tell him to tell us the truth about where he stands. All right. So let's dissect this for a second, shall we? Because I, I too, have said, I think Glenn Youngkin is running a a very safe campaign when it comes to the Second Amendment. I don't think that he wants to talk about these issues. In fact, I, I suspect, I know that the Youngkin campaign has said, look, we're not filling out any candidate questionnaires. That's, by the way, why the NRA has not endorsed Glenn Youngkin, because he did not return their candidate questionnaire. 
The Yunkin campaign says we're not filling out any questionnaires. We didn't fill out the NRA's questionnaire. We didn't fill out VCDL's questionnaire. We didn't fill out Chamber of Commerce's questionnaire. We're not filling these things out. I suspect, but I have no proof whatsoever, that uh, perhaps one of the reasons why the Yunkin campaign did not want to fill out the NRA questionnaire or the VCDL questionnaire is because they didn't want to see Democrats running attack ads. Glenn Yunkin's in the back pocket of the NRA. Right? And... They can't run those ads now. So now instead what you're seeing are Democrats who are posing as Second Amendment supporters. You can't trust Glenn Youngkin on the guns because he's not talking about the guns. All right. Look, as I said, I think Glenn Youngkin is running a, a, a safe campaign, a little too safe for my liking. But as a Virginia gun owner who's not being paid to endorse Glenn Youngkin or uh, paid to bash Terry McAuliffe. Let me just tell you where I stand. There are three candidates on the ballot for governor of Virginia this year. Uh, Terry McAuliffe, who wants to ban AR-15s, who has been endorsed and embraced by the gun control lobby, who has no shortage of plans to go after our right to keep and bear arms. Uh, There's a third-party candidate named Princess Blanding, uh, who honestly, I, I can't find anything about guns or gun control on her campaign website, but she is running to the left of Terry McAuliffe. So it may very well be that Princess Blanding is, uh, like many on the left, not necessarily pro second amendment, but sort of anti gun control, at least anti gun control that involves policing that involves incarceration that involves things of that nature. But again, she's not made it an issue. And then there's Glenn Youngkin. Uh, who has said, uh, you know, I believe he said he's an NRA Life member, uh, has said that he supports the Second Amendment, is not calling for uh, any new gun control laws to be put on the books. Those are the three candidates you've got. I mean, other than a a write-in candidate. And of those three, I would say that Glenn Youngkin, uh, even if he is playing it safe, provides the best opportunity for Virginia gun owners uh, to protect and defend their rights. Now, again, I'm not being paid to say this. This is my own personal opinion here. And I do have my issues uh, with uh, Glenn Youngkin not actually going on attack over this stuff. I wish Glenn Youngkin would bring up the fact that Terry McAuliffe wants to ban the most commonly owned firearm in America. I wish that Glenn Youngkin would bring up the fact that Terry McAuliffe wants to ban, uh, quote unquote, large capacity magazines. I would love to for Glenn Youngkin to talk about the fact that uh, Michael Bloomberg is is spending millions of dollars to try to elect a gun control candidate like Terry McAuliffe in the state of Virginia. I, I am frustrated that uh, the Youngkin campaign is leaving some of these issues on the table because I believe their strategy is, well, look, we, we want to try to appeal to moderate voters in Northern Virginia, in the Richmond suburbs, down in Virginia Beach. We don't want to do anything to turn off those moderate voters. Look, I get the political reality of that. As, as, look, as much as I support constitutional carry, for instance, I, I don't think Glenn Youngkin should be out on the campaign trail saying, I'm going to turn Virginia into a constitutional carry state. One, he can't. At least not this election cycle. Even if Republicans take back the House of Delegates, Democrats will be in control of the state Senate. Constitutional carry is not really going anywhere for at least two years. So I don't think that he needs to run on a pro-constitutional carry message, but he absolutely needs to be running on an anti-gun control message. And I'm just not seeing it from the Yunkin campaign. But again, having said that, uh, that's not what these Democratic attack ads 
are all about. They are they are about trying to get people like me to stay home on Election Day so that Terry McAuliffe becomes the next governor of Virginia. Uh, and it is some, yeah, look, it's dirty tricks, right? Uh, another ad from this uh, group says, uh, uh, Youngkin's tight-lipped stance in the Second Amendment is a reason why he's, quote, just another politician we can't trust. Yeah, like you could trust Terry McAuliffe. Uh, the most popular ad, which said that Youngkin was the only Republican not endorsed by the NRA, seen between 125,000 and 150,000 times. The message is funded by Accountability Virginia PAC and Accountability Virginia's Facebook page, according to the Daily Caller Foundation, links to the PAC's website. The site features a donate button as the only link, which directs visitors to a donation page managed by Act Blue, an organization that facilitates fundraising for Democratic candidates and left-leaning groups. Mm-hmm. So... Again, these are Democrat dirty tricks designed to depress turnout among gun owners in Virginia because Glenn Youngkin is making this a close race and the Democrats are panicking. Uh, they have tried to uh, to to make you know look they, they they've they've tried to make it seem like Donald Trump is Glenn Youngkin's running mate as opposed to uh, Winston Sears, the lieutenant uh, gubernatorial candidate uh, for the Republicans this year. They are doing everything they can, which is to be expected. I mean, look, they want to win, right? So they're doing everything they can uh, to try to uh, portray uh, Glenn Youngkin as some sort of uh, extremist. But I I love them. And and you know what? If he had filled out the NRA questionnaire, they'd be using that against him, too. You wouldn't be seeing these ads from Democratic groups saying you can't trust Glenn Youngkin on guns because he didn't fill out his NRA questionnaire. No, instead, you'd be seeing the ads. Glenn Youngkin's in the back pocket of the gun lobby. He can't be trusted because he just does the NRA's bidding. Either way, the Democrats were going to try to go after Glenn Youngkin on guns, I think, because Democrats are weak. On this issue. And it is one of the reasons why I get so frustrated with the Yunkin campaign, not talking about what Democrats have done over the last couple of years in terms of introducing and passing and implementing new gun control laws. Yunkin has done a good job of talking about how the crime rate in the state has gone up, but he hasn't tied that back to the fact that that shouldn't be happening. With the gun, if gun control worked, our crime rate in Virginia should not be going up because we've had new gun control laws on the books. I'll give you another example. I'm actually going to write a separate story about this at BarryAndArms.com today, but I'll give you a little preview. There was a story out of, uh, I believe this was the Norfolk area. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Norfolk, Virginia. Here's the headline. Following the firearms, 15 to 20 guns have been used in most of Norfolk shooting, according to the police chief. Now, Terry McAuliffe and the Virginia Democrats, their their way to reduce violent crime is to cast a wide net of new gun control laws over the entire state of Virginia. Now, there are going to be hundreds of thousands of legal gun owners who get tied up in that net. But the, the hope for the Democrats is that there are some criminals who get ensnared too, right? So, yeah, your rights might be restricted, but you know what? You, it's worth it. If it stops a criminal, that's their attitude. The problem is it doesn't stop criminals. It stops more law-abiding individuals. And the police chief in Norfolk, by the way, from what I've seen, not exactly a Second Amendment stalwart, uh, but he is making the case that, look, there is a very small number of people using a very small number of firearms that are responsible for, again, a majority 
of these shootings in the city of Norfolk. So why do we, what, what, what good does banning magazines do? Leave the constitutional questions aside for a second. Let's talk about the practical matters here. By criminalizing, actually, you know what? I don't think we can leave the constitutional issues aside now that I think about it. By criminalizing the exercise of a constitutional right, which is what Terry McAuliffe and the Democrats in Virginia want to do. They are, in fact, creating new criminals. Are they not? People who were formerly law-abiding today, by doing nothing, by changing none of their behavior, become criminals tomorrow. And Terry McCall and the Democrats are fine with that because the entirety, uh, the, the entire reason for these gun control laws is because they want to change the behavior of legal gun owners. They want to get them to give up their guns. This is about gun control, right? But I think this is another issue for Glenn Youngkin. Look, why does Terry McCullough running around the state talking about banning these guns, banning these magazines, when the police chief in Norfolk has told us, look, we're talking about a very small universe of individuals who may be sharing these guns, they may be swapping them around. But look, let's say you've got 20 guns in, in Norfolk that are being used uh, in a majority of shootings. And let's say each one of these are, you know, community guns, right? Let's say that 12 people have access to each one of these guns. I mean, you are still talking about just a handful of people relative to the population of Norfolk who are responsible for this violent crime a majority of violent crime in the city. So on what planet does it make sense to try to cast that wide net over people who are exercising a constitutionally protected right in the hopes of going after those couple of hundred people? It makes no sense whatsoever. There is a constitutional argument against that uh, a gun control strategy. There is certainly a public safety argument against that gun control strategy. But I, I got to tell you, I'm not seeing the aggressiveness from Glenn Youngkin that I would like to see on these issues. I would like to see some pushback. I would like to see him uh, attack the Democrats' gun control agenda. Uh, I happen to believe that uh, the reason why he's not doing that, again, is based more on uh, the political strategy rather than any uh, deep-held philosophical beliefs. But maybe now that the uh, Democrats are out there with these dirty tricks, running these ads, uh, uh, trying to uh, depress the turnout from gun owners, maybe that will force the Yunkin campaign to actually pay attention to this issue and to engage in this issue in a way that I think, sadly, they have just left on the table. All right, let's uh, turn our attention to today's Armed Citizen story. Because again, this is a winnable race for Glenn Yunkin. It really is. But I think he's got to go on the attack. He's got to talk about the dangers and the uh, uh, deleterious effects, not only to our civil rights, but again to public safety, if we embrace Terry McAuliffe's gun control strategies. All right. Off the soapbox. Here we go. All right. Time now for uh, today's Armed Citizen story, our good deed of the day, our recidivist report as well. We will start there with a case out of Joplin, Missouri, where a uh, judge has granted uh, probation in a shooting case. This was uh, headlined as a uh, felony assault case, but it is actually a shooting. Circuit Judge Gail Crane assessing 56-year-old Johnny Mitchell five years on a conviction of second-degree attempted assault 
but suspended that sentence, placed him on supervised probation for five years. Uh, Mitchell pleaded guilty. You ready for this? Mitchell pleaded guilty on July 26th for a plea deal dismissing related counts of unlawful possession of a firearm as a felon and possession of an illegal weapon, uh, which called for a seven-year sentence. Rather than uh, send Mitchell to prison, however, the judge decided to place him on probation. So you've got a convicted felon in illegal possession of a firearm who's accused of shooting somebody. Could have gone to prison. And instead, he's going on probation. Yeah. It's amazing. The uh, incident happened uh, May 12, 2020 at uh, Mr. Mitchell's home. He was arrested on a complaint that he had fired a shotgun at another man's vehicle and tried to break his windshield with a gun. Joplin police found a shotgun with a bent barrel and a broken stock while conducting a sweep of the home. Also seized a second shotgun with a, a defaced serial number and a, a third with a barrel four inches shorter than allowed by law. The uh, short-barreled shotgun, by the way, had been reported stolen, according to the affidavit. I, I, you know, in Missouri right now, we're seeing law enforcement say, well, you know, we, we can't cooperate with the federal government now because of the Second Amendment Preservation Act, and that's going to lead to more crime. And we've seen gun control advocates say, you know, it's things like constitutional carry that have really led to this increase in crime in Missouri. How about the fact that violent felons are getting probation for violent crimes? How about that? Do you think that might have anything to do with the rising crime rate in Missouri? That, you know, maybe violent offenders feel like they can get away with stuff because they are? I don't know. Maybe just me. All right, today's armed citizen story. I got to move on before I, uh, whoo, before the blood pressure starts rising here. Uh, huh, today's armed citizen story from Victoria, Texas, where uh, police say a uh, home invasion led to a uh, shooting that ended in the death of uh, one individual there. Um, this was uh, Friday. The resident who was injured in the shooting exchanged gunfire with a group of home invaders. The group fled the scene before police arrived. According to a, a spokesman for the Victoria, Texas Police Department, it's unclear how many people were involved in the shooting or whether they were associated with the resident, but the a man found dead at the scene identified as Jacob Escobedo, 19 years of age, from Brady, Texas. He was part of the group that attempted to force their way into the home. Uh, the resident, who was identified as 25-year-old Keanu Sanchez, suffered injuries that authorities determined were not life-threatening. The investigation does continue, uh, but uh, as of right now, it looks like this was a uh, case of self-defense, at least on the part of the uh, apartment dwellers. Not sure why that apartment was targeted, but uh, we'll keep you updated, bring you any details as they become available. And finally today, our good deed of the day. A uh, off-duty doctor in the right place at the right time and willing and able to do the right thing to save the life of a fellow mountain biker in uh, St. Paul, Minneapolis. Uh, Jesse Conan works in uh, Hayward, Wisconsin, but he was mountain biking near the uh, Kiana Lakes, I guess which is near Crosby, Minnesota. And he said, that's why I happened to be in the spot of that day. He ran across a uh, cyclist who had fallen near a ravine. And that uh, a cyclist says, uh, you know, I, 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 he, he said, I, I was having trouble breathing. I was starting to see white spots. He said, okay, this is, this is not cool. This is not normal. Um, Dr. Conan ends up riding up behind this guy, sees the bike, hears the cries for help, and... Um, Starts to try to get him up and out. 
And then uh, medics on the scene uh, shortly thereafter realized that the cyclist was not breathing. And so Dr. Conan, we, we talk a lot about individuals who perform like CPR, you know, as part of our uh, good deed of the day. Dr. Conan ended up doing a tracheotomy right there on the trail. A tracheotomy, I guess, maybe. He said, uh, it's an uncommon procedure. And when I had the scalpel in my hand, I was hesitant to do it because I was cutting somebody's neck. You're leaving a scar. But he did it. And he saved the guy's life. It's amazing. The uh, cyclist did suffer a traumatic brain injury, um, but is out of the hospital now. They have uh, met virtually. Uh, if not in person. And the uh, cyclist says, basically, I just want to tell the doctor how grateful I am for everything he's done. I uh, continue the biggest virtual hug that's known to anybody. It's kind of like when a kid gets a teddy bear and he's holding the bear so tight. It's kind of what it feels like right now. I, I can only imagine what that feels like. But, um, again, in the right place, at the right time, and uh, willing and able to do the right thing, Jesse Conan. ER doctor there from uh, Hayward, Wisconsin. We thank you, sir, for your very good deed. And that is going to do it for this edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company. want to thank you for being a part of the program. As always, we will be back. I believe there's like a 90% chance we're going to be back tomorrow. It might be Thursday. There's a 10% chance we won't have a show tomorrow. We've just got some scheduling issues. We're, we're trying to figure things out. But I'm, I'm reasonably confident we will have a, a Wednesday edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company for you. I'm just going to go ahead and say that we will we'll just we'll just we'll just act like it's going to happen because i think that it is so we will see you tomorrow but uh, don't forget between now and then uh check out barryandarms.com for even more second amendment news and information that you need to know about and until we talk again be well be safe be free <laughs>